Alawapa friends, welcome to Scattering Angels. It is the first day of beauty, the year 176 of the body calendar, April 28th, 2019. We are on the eve of the ninth day of Rizwan. Today, I would like to read from the Book of Certitude, pages 33 through 43. And now, concerning his words, the sun shall be darkened, and the moon shall not give light, and the stars shall fall from heaven. By the terms sun and moon mentioned in the writings of the prophets of God is not meant solely the sun and moon of the visible universe. Nay, rather, manifold are the meanings they have intended for these terms. In every instance they have attached to them a particular significance. Thus, by the sun in one sense, is meant those sons of truth who rise from the dayspring of ancient glory and fill the world with a liberal effusion of grace from on high. These sons of truth are the universal manifestations of God in the worlds of his attributes and names, even as the visible sun that assisteth, as decreed by God the true one, the adored, in the development of all earthly things, such as trees, the fruits and colors thereof, the minerals of the earth, and all that may be witnessed in the world of creation. So do the divine luminaries, by their loving care and educated influence, cause the trees of divine unity, the fruits of his oneness, the leaves of detachment, the blossoms of knowledge and certitude, and the myrtles of wisdom and utterance, to exist and be made manifest. Thus it is, that through the rise of these luminaries of God, the world is made new. The waters of everlasting life stream forth. The billows of loving kindness surge. The clouds of grace are gathered, and the breeze of bounty bloweth upon all created things. It is the, warm, the warmth that these luminaries of God generate, and the undying fires they kindle, which cause the light of the love of God to burn fiercely in the heart of humanity. It is through the abundant grace of these symbols of detachment that the spirit of life everlasting is breathed into the bodies of the dead. Assuredly, the visible sun is but a sign of the splendor of that day star of truth, that sun which can never have a peer, a likeness, or rival. Through him, all things live, move, and have their being. Through his grace they are made manifest, and unto him they all return. From him all things have sprung, and unto the treasuries of his revelation they all have repaired. From him all created things did proceed, and to the depositories of his law they did revert. That these divine luminaries seem to be confined at times to specific designations and attributes, as they have observed and are now observing, as you have observed and are now observing, is due solely to the imperfect and limited comprehension of certain minds. Otherwise, they have been at all times and will through eternity continue to be exalted above every praising name and sanctified from every descriptive attribute. The quintessence of every name can hope for no access unto their court of holiness, 
and the highest and purest of all attributes can never approach their kingdom of glory. Immeasurably high are the prophets of God, exalted above the comprehension of men, who can never know them except by their own selves. Far be it from his glory that his chosen ones should be magnified by any other than their own persons. Glorified are they above the praise of men, exalted are they above human understanding. The term sons hath many, hath many a time been applied in the writings of the immaculate souls unto the prophets of God, those luminous emblems of detachment. Among those writings are the following words re recorded in the prayer of Nudby. Whither are gone the resplendent suns, wherein too have departed those shining moons and sparkling stars? Thus it hath become evident that the terms sun, moon, and stars primarily signify the prophets of God, the saints and their companions, those luminaries, the light of whose knowledge has shed illumination upon the worlds of the visible and the invisible. In another sense, by these terms is intended the divines of the former dispensation, who live in the days of the subsequent revelation, and who hold the reins of religion in their grasp. If these divines be illumined by the light of the latter revelation, they will be acceptable unto God, and will shine with the light everlasting. Otherwise, they will be declared as darkened, even though to outward seeming, they be leaders of men, inasmuch as belief and unbelief, guidance and error, felicity and misery, light and darkness are all dependent upon the sanction of him who is the day star of truth. Whosoever among the divines of every age receiveth in the day of reckoning the, the testimony of faith from the source of true knowledge, he verily becometh the recipient of learning, of divine favor, and of the light of true understanding. Otherwise, he is branded as guilty of folly, denial, blasphemy, and oppression. It is evident and manifest unto every discerning observer that even as the light of the star fadeth before the effulgent splendor of the sun, so doth the luminary of earthly knowledge, of wisdom and understanding, vanish into nothingness when brought face to face with the resplendent glories of the Sun of Truth, the day-star of, of divine enlightenment. That the term sun hath been applied to the leaders of religion is due to their lofty position, their fame and renown. Such are the universally recognized divines of every age who speak with authority and whose fame is securely established. If they be in the likeness of the Son of Truth, they will surely be accounted as the most exalted of all luminaries. Otherwise, they are to be recognized as the focal centers of hellish fire. Even as he saith, Verily the sun and the moon are both condemned to the torment of infernal fire. You are no doubt familiar with the interpretation of the term sun and moon mentioned in this verse. No need, therefore, to refer unto it. And whosoever is of the element of this sun and moon, that is, followeth the example of these leaders in setting his face towards falsehood and in turning away from the truth, 
he undoubtedly cometh out of infernal gloom and returned and returneth thereunto. And now, O seeker, it behooveth us firmly to cling unto the Urvatulvuthqua, that perchance we may leave behind the darksome night of error and embrace the dawning light of divine guidance. Shall we not flee from the face of denial and seek the sheltering shadow of certitude? Shall we not free ourselves from the horror of satanic gloom and hasten towards the rising light of the heavenly beauty? In such wise we bestow upon you the fruit of the tree of divine knowledge, that ye may gladly and joyously abide in the Rizwan of divine wisdom. In another sense, by the terms sun, moon, and stars, are meant such laws and teachings as have been established and proclaimed in every dispensation, as the laws of prayer and fasting. These have, according to the law of the Quran, been regarded when the beauty of the Prophet Muhammad had passed beyond the veil as the most fundamental and binding laws of his dispensation. To this testify the texts of the traditions and chronicles which, on account of their being widely known, need not be referred to here. Nay, rather, in every dispensation, the law concerning prayer hath been emphasized and universally enforced. To this testify the recorded traditions ascribed to the lights that have emanated from the day star of truth, the essence of the Prophet Muhammad. The traditions establish the fact that in all dispensations the law of prayer hath constituted a fundamental element of the revelation of all the prophets of God, a law the form and the manner of which hath been adapted to the varying requirements of every age, inasmuch as every subsequent revelation hath abolished the manners, habits, and teachings that have been clearly, specifically, and firmly established by the former dispensation, these have according, accordingly been symbolically expressed in terms of sun and moon, that he might prove you which of you excel in deeds. Moreover, in the traditions the terms sun and moon have been applied to prayer and fasting, even as it is said, fasting is illumination, prayer is light. One day a well-known divine came to visit us. While we were conversing with him, he referred to the above-quoted tradition. He said, Inasmuch as fasting causeth the heat of the body to increase, it hath therefore been likened unto the light of the sun, and as the prayer of the night season refresheth man, it hath been compared unto the radiance of the moon. Thereupon we realized that that poor man had not been favored with a single drop of the ocean of understanding, and had strayed far from the burning bush of divine wisdom. We then politely observed to him, saying, The interpretation you honor has given to this tradition is the one current amongst the people. Could it not be interpreted differently? He asked us, What could it be? We made reply, Muhammad, the seal of the prophets and the most distinguished of God's chosen ones, hath likened the dispensation of the Quran unto heaven by reason of its loftiness, its paramount influence, its majesty, 
and the fact that it comprehendeth all religions. And as the sun and moon constitute the brightest and most prominent luminaries in the heavens, similarly in the heaven of the religion of God, two shining orbs have been ordained, fasting and prayer. Islam is heaven, fasting is its sun, prayer its moon. This is the purpose underlying the symbolic words of the manifestations of God. Consequently, the application of the terms sun and moon to the things already mentioned hath been demonstrated and justified by the text of the sacred verses and the recorded traditions. Hence it is clear and manifest that the words the sun shall be darkened and the moon shall not give her light and the stars shall fall from heaven is intended the waywardness of the divines and the annulment of laws firmly established, established by divine revelation, all of which, in symbolic language, have been foreshadowed by the manifestation of God. None except the righteous shall partake of this cup, none but the godly can share therein. The righteous shall drink of a cup tempered at the camp fountain. It is unquestionable that in every succeeding revelation, the sun and moon of the teachings, laws, commandments, and prohibitions which have been established in the preceding dispensation, and which have overshadowed the people of that age, become darkened, that is, are exhausted, and cease to exert their influence. Consider now, had the people of the gospel recognized the meaning of the symbolic terms sun and moon, had they sought, unlike the froward and perverse, enlightenment from him who is the revealer of divine knowledge, they would have surely comprehended the purpose of these terms, and would not have been affl become afflicted and oppressed by the darkness of their selfish desires. Yea, but since they have failed to acquire true knowledge from its very source, they have perished in the perilous veil of waywardness and misbelief. They still have not awakened to perceive that all the signs foretold have been made manifest, that the promised sun hath risen above the horizon of divine revelation, and that the sun and moon of the teachings, the laws, and learning of a former dispensation have darkened and set. And now... With fixed gaze and steady wings, enter thou the way of certitude and truth. Say, It is God, then leave them to entertain themselves with their cavillings. Thus wilt thou be accounted of those companions of whom he saith, They that say our Lord is God, and continue steadfast in his way, upon them verily shall the angels descend. Thou shalt then shalt thou witness all these mysteries with thine own eyes. O my brother, take thou the step of the Spirit, so that, swift as the twinkling of an eye, thou mayest flash through the wilds of remoteness and bereavement, attain the Rizwan of everlasting reunion, and in one breath commune with the heavenly spirits. For with human feet, thou canst never hope to traverse these immeasurable distances, nor attain thy goal. Peace be upon him whom the light of truth guideth unto all truth, and who in the name of God standeth in the path of his cause, 
upon the shore of true understanding. Okay, I'm going to continue reading from the Hidden Words of Baha'u'llah. We have made it through to the 21st Hidden Word from the Persian. I desire communion with thee, but thou wouldst put no trust in me. The sword of thy rebellion hath felled the tree of thy hope. At all times I am near unto thee, but thou art ever far from me. Imperishable glory I have chosen for thee, yet boundless shame thou hast chosen for thyself. While there is yet time, return and lose not thy chance. Okay, I'm going to close today with a prayer from the Baha'i Prayer Book. It is on page 128 and 129, written by the Bob. O my God, there is no one but Thee to allay the anguish of my soul, and Thou art my highest aspiration, O my God. My heart is wedded to none save Thee, and such as Thou dost love. I solemnly declare that my life and death are both for Thee. Verily, Thou art incomparable, and hast no partner. O my Lord, I beg Thee to forgive me for shutting myself out from Thee. By Thy glory and majesty, I have failed to befittingly recognize Thee, and to worship Thee, while Thou dost make Thyself known unto me, and calls me to remembrance as beseemeth Thy station. Grievous woe would betide me, O my Lord, wert thou to take hold of me by reason of my misdeeds and trespasses. No helper do I know of other than thee. No refuge do I have to flee to save thee. None among thy creatures can dare to intercede with thyself without thy leave. I hold fast to thy love before thy court, and according to thy bidding I earnestly pray unto thee as befitteth thy glory. I beg thee to heed my call, as thou hast promised me. Verily thou art God, no God is there but thee. Alone and unaided, thou art independent of all created things. Neither can the devotion of thy lovers profit thee, nor the evil doings of the faithless harm thee. Verily thou art my God, he who will never fail in his promise. O my God, I beseech thee by the evidences of thy favor, to let me draw nigh to the sublime heights of thy holy presence, and protect me from inclining myself toward the subtle illusions of aught else but thee. Guide my steps, O my God, unto that which is acceptable and pleasing to thee. Shield me through thy might from the fury of thy wrath and chastisement, and hold me back from entering habitations not desired by thee. The Bob Thank you for joining me today at Scattering Angels. I hope you are enjoying this wonderful festival of Rizwan and that you will join me next time. Thank you.